Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. The Post Analog Podcast. Hey, thanks for tuning in for this week's show. But before we get started, I want to thank our sponsor, Bet Online. Bet Online remains your number one source for all your sports betting this season. Everything from pro and college basketball to UFC, MMA, and more. You'll always find the latest odds, team matchup info, player news, and game trends at Bet Online. With live betting options, free contests, and live scores for almost any sport or game imaginable. Bet Online is truly the fastest and easiest way to bet all your favorite leagues and events. Go to the website on your phone, join and receive 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Make sure to use your promo code BLEAV to receive your rewards. BetOnline.ag is where the game starts. It is an interesting question. And the question is, what happens when the B-boy matures? Right. You know what I mean? And a lot of us still have that hip hop in us you know what i mean we're still With like bad backs yeah you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> but we're still like we still want to participate with the culture we're not necessarily like emceeing or djing at this point but we're still very active in the culture and we want to see it survive and thrive and not get watered down you know um even going to that black ip stuff you were talking about you know which we'll get into yeah, a yeah. later so watering down things so you still want to contribute to the culture. So I think that's a big part of this show. It's like we are, our audience is that mature B-boy who people who are raised in the culture and still want to participate. You know what I mean? And, and honestly, uh, the, a lot of the setup that I want to bring into it too is where there's younger folks that need guidance because mm-hmm. they're all guided by Instagram and whatever, YouTube. Yeah. I don't think young people on Facebook. Is, is your daughter on Facebook? Uh No. Okay, so yeah. that, see, they're they're a little bit more quicker. Yeah, as far as for utilization of social media, I want to look at pictures. I want to post a picture. Done. Yeah, that's it. Mm-hmm. So uh, I think there's enough now where I'm discovering, even just from interning at the radio stations like 10, 12 years ago, mm-hmm. that they are craving guidance. Yeah, and information. Yeah, and uh, I, I don't want to not. I don't want to forget about diggable planets. Mm-hmm. I don't want to forget about the alcoholics. Yeah. You know, all of that. Yeah. But at the same time, it's also our responsibility to be on the up with them. Yeah. So. I think one of their problems too is they're too inundated with information. Yep. They need curators. You know, they need, like you said, that guidance comes from curation. Like this is what, this is what's truly dope. And we could help you out with that. You know what I mean? Or this artist you're listening to. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know, you know? But but, but I am starting to realize, uh, like, this kind of trap 808 sound, mm-hmm. it, it is the rhythm. Mm-hmm. Because I'll, if I if I play, like, a Bahamadia joint mm-hmm. or a Slum Village joint and go, like, yo, Slum Volume 2, yeah. this is a legendary. They can't comprehend. A lot of them can't. Yeah. The sound. Yeah. And at first, I, I, I want to say up to five years ago, I would find that disrespectful. Mm-hmm. Not anymore. Mm-hmm. Do, do you think it's just that different? You said it best, like one of in one of our previous conversations, you said that they either want to get turned up or they want to cry. 
there's no middle ground. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, so they're just missing certain pockets of moods or emotions of music. You know, they're just swinging to extremes, but it's like, wait, there's some middle ground here. There's music when you just want to listen to and chill and be creative. There's a cool dinner vibe music, which is hot, like hot shit, you know? Um, there's ways to entertain, you know, people and yourself with music that doesn't lead to those extremes. Like you're not either dancing or crying. There's all this music in the middle, you know, and I think they're at those extremes, you know? Right. So we got to introduce them to the middle ground. Right. Cause like uh, a lot of it is also about transitioning. Mm -hmm. um, maybe you could pop up the article yeah, yeah, the on, on De La Soul. Basically, mm -hmm. um, yeah, with De La Soul cutting ties with Tommy Boy after the battle over their back catalog. And that's know? from the Rolling Stones article, yep. right? Yeah. Yep. So basically with with De La Soul, for our, for our era, which would be so shocking for SoundCloud producers right mm -hmm. now, MixCloud producers, yeah. uh, you were almost reliant, enslaved to a major label handling the distribution, yep. the lack of knowledge of marketing, yep. putting stuff out. It's just because studio time, uh, by the time you pay for or mm -hmm. sneak into a studio late night with, with a homie like yeah. hooking you up because we didn't have the technology, mm -hmm. uh, it felt like you really had to be fathered yep. by that. Yep. Um, and then there's there's a couple of talking points that we do have in regard to that. Uh, what did you get mostly from the article anyways? I think uh, it's sad, you know, because uh, let me answer that question this way. I was listening to uh, up and coming artists speak recently, newer cat. He's getting like at this point, I think about 500,000 streams monthly on um, Spotify, uh, on Spotify. Okay. And he was talking about the game of coming up in music right now. And ultimately what happens is, so in the article, I guess what De La Soul was arguing is for all the streaming, they only get 10% of the profits. Right now, the new school guys that are coming up, the game, the way I understand it is you, first of all, you have complete creative control over music. You don't have a label telling you what to do. Right. Secondly, um, you, you can build an audience on social media. It's not really that difficult, especially if you have hot music, it'll spread and go viral on its own. Sure. You get to a point basically now, if you get between a million to a million and a half monthly streams on Spotify, you end up, it's up to you at that point if you even want to take a record deal. You don't need a record label at that point. But the guys who have partnered with record labels, and I say partnered because they're 50-50 splits now. Now, 50-50. Now, so of course De La Soul is fucking pissed off. They're getting 10%, whereas the new guys coming up are doing 50-50 partner deals with labels. So they have every right to be upset. You know what I mean? So that's the takeaway I get from it is I, I totally see their point. You know what I mean? It's upsetting. Like you're, you're just basically getting fucked in the ass. What, what, where my perspective, mm -hmm. I agree with you. Yeah. And uh, we're, we're so like-minded. There's hardly going to be arguments on this show. Mm -hmm. I, I just feel like they, De La Soul needed to accept that a long time ago. Yeah. Uh, either you put out new good stuff mm -hmm. or you move on. Yeah. Because it, Partially, my emotion to reading this article, mm -hmm. it felt like a lot of spilled milk. Yeah. And you're just crying. Yeah. And I understand that there is a resurgence with every generation mm -hmm. because they go, oh my God, who are these guys? De La Soul. Yeah. You know? But at the same time, uh, 
trying to battle a beast like Tommy Boy. Mm-hmm. That's why it even stated in the article seven months. Yeah. It's like they couldn't hang for a year. Imagine the costs, the yeah, legal costs. Yeah. All that money down the drain, you know? The other the other part of the article, too, is they were talking about like people boycotting to stream. That's not going to happen. That, yeah, it's not. And honestly, I don't know that that's a good move for them to tell people to not stream their music because then your music will get lost. You know what I mean? Um, and you know what? Okay, even to side with Tommy Boy, if I'm going to play devil's advocate, I've sure. heard a funny story recently about me, myself, and I. For those who don't know, me, myself, and I was De La Soul's, one of De La Soul's biggest hits. They, and they sampled yeah. for that joint from... It, from um, Holland Oates. Right? Was it Holland Oates? I think it's George Clinton. George Clinton, yeah. So basically with that song, it's pretty funny, the story. Um, they, they had completed a full album with Prince Paul. And the label was like, we're not putting it out because you don't have a single. And they were pissed off. So what they said was like, okay, we'll come up with something. And they said they made me, myself, and I as like, like it was like they made it up in like, I don't know, 30 minutes or something. It was like a garbage throwaway track. And it was actually, they were pissed off at, you know, Tommy Boy asking them, like, you don't have a single. Where's your banger? Yeah, where's, where's your the banger? So they're like, oh, here, here's our, here's our stupid banger, you know? And they hated the song. And they're like, of course, that's the song that blew us up. You know what I mean? Sure. So, but to give Tommy Boy's credit... If they hadn't pushed them for that single, maybe they wouldn't have blown like they did, you know, because it was a dope track. You know what I mean? So um, it's almost like they were the guys who made it like cool to be weird. You know what I mean? Um, So to that to that point, Tommy Tommy Boy is very responsible for, you know, their growth as artists. You know, they gave them the platform. I I think when I first heard that song, Mm -hmm. I didn't think. Oh, they sampled. Mm-hmm. Oh, this is like too dancey. I just thought it was dope. Yeah, yeah. Which, which sometimes the toughest part in life is like finding the balance of what you want to do mm-hmm. and listening to other people yep. to give advice because it's the toughest thing. If he, if they don't put out me myself and I and sample from George Clinton or mm-hmm. P Funk mm-hmm. or Funkadelic, whichever, yeah, uh, they might have been just like. No disrespect, like brand newbian. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, you you're different. You're revered creatively. Yeah. But that brought them in to somewhat of the middle genre between pop and hip hop. Yep. At that point. Yeah. So again, it's like it's it's tough. It's you know what I mean. Like Tommy Boy, I understand. You know, and even Tommy Boy, I'm sure they're not making a huge amount of money from their catalogs at this point. You know what I mean? Because these were labels that were. You know, they had their heyday back in the day, you right. know, so they're, they want to hold on to as much profit as they can, including De La Soul's back catalog. I know? also want to take the stance of Tommy Boy mm-hmm. because it's like, dude, we're already struggling to compliment your point. Meaning yeah. I'm Tommy Boy mm-hmm. and you're still on this. Yeah. Yeah. D- can't you put out your own stuff on SoundCloud and really show your worth? Because yeah. right now we're going to battle this stuff from the 90s. Yeah. Or maybe even up to the 80s, late 80s. Yeah. You still want to battle this, bro? I would think... It's exhausting. Too, yeah. And I would think De La Soul, in terms of a legal battle, wouldn't stand a chance against a major label. So I'm actually surprised they even went there out because it seemed like... I would think you already know I'm not going to win this. And maybe that was the point. Maybe they just wanted PR from this to let people know, like, hey, this isn't right. And, and on that note, 
they're to be admired. You know, they're to be commended for that because they fought a battle that they necessarily couldn't win. Um, but, you know, the word was put out there that this is not right, you know? And that's where, with the intro, the beginning of the show, I wanted to not be that get off my lawn guy. Mm-hmm. Just a penchant for them to say, hey, don't stream this. Yeah. That's what we're, what we're trying to do with this show where yeah. it's like, you know, uh, I, I remember ABC put out a show called 30-something. Mm-hmm. Does that kind of ring a bell? Not kind really? of. I think the title, but I don't think I ever saw the right. show. There was a show on ABC called 30-something, mm-hmm. but we were I was like 15, mm-hmm. and it's, it seems so distant and far okay. from what my life is. Yeah. But for you younger folks that are listening to Beat Junkie Radio, you will go through that. Yeah. Where you'll go, oh, shit, right? Mm-hmm. And I think... Do you find it in your daughter and her crew that they do search because they're so buffeted? They have this buffet selection of consumption. Mm-hmm. Do you find it that they look for old stuff or are they, they just in the moment right now just raising themselves? Not that they're yeah. you're not raising them, yeah. but they're just living life and discovering themselves. I think they're discovering themselves and they're discovering themselves um in a digital realm. You know what I mean? So again, there's YouTube, like a perfect example. One of my daughter's friends, he's 18. He's a photographer. He's fire. He's killing it. He just shoots with my daughter all the time and just destroys it. And he's 18. He just graduated high school. But these kind of things exist now because when you give kids access to information at a time when they're the most hungry for it, they're getting doper quicker. When we were last, the last show we were talking about learning the ASR 10. Could you imagine if there were YouTube tutorials on navigating the ASR 10 back in the day? You know how much quicker our learning curve would have been? So you're able to pump out better content faster. But the flip side of that coin is things are just hot for literally a minute and people move on. You know what I mean? Like, because there's just so much dope stuff coming out because everyone has access to this information and everyone's creating cool shit and getting dope quick. And the technology is so cheap now. You know what I mean? Like, again, if... And accessible. Accessible. If I mean, I'm a photographer. Um, back in the day, um, you know, in the days of film photography, you needed to invest tens of thousands in gear, of gear and money on uh, photo equipment. But now the technology is so accessible. We have bedroom producers who are killing it on a laptop and Fruity Loops. And then you have a high school kid who's got access to a DSLR and some aperture lighting and is destroying it. To to complement also what NQS is saying, Nathan Quinn's, uh, is that DJ Rilo moniker that's healthy? Yeah, I would say like Rilo if I'm doing something music related. But other than that, it's, it's just Nathan Quinn's advocation. Yep. It's, it's me. You know? I, I've been friends with that guy, so I can say his last name really fast. Boom. Yeah, most people and pronounce can. it really well. Uh-huh. Yeah, so even um, just, I'm probably going to just, I am coming out with this video project, and mm-hmm. I was with this uh, company. Name rhymes with Betflix. Okay? Uh-huh. So I don't jinx it. Mm-hmm. And... They're talking about the utilization of the red camera mm-hmm. and how much a red camera is about twenty to twenty five thousand. Mm-hmm. And we had an older head come in mm-hmm. and to go. Keep in mind, cameras back in the day cost anywhere from eighty grand to a hundred thousand dollars. Yeah. So twenty five thousand for the red camera isn't really a lot. And uh, and what I brought up earlier is people were using red cameras because they could shoot six K. Literally just last week, Black Magic 
pockets. Uh, Blackmagic released um, a camera that's 6K raw, and it's $2,500. Right. So that gives you that Betflix quality, you know what I mean? But for $2,500, whereas, like you said, back in the day, the camera that you needed for broadcast quality video... At least eighty hundred grand, and and without uh, for you who's listening, uh, Nathan and I are big into videography. Mm-hmm. You can say cinema, mm-hmm. audio. He he's more a photographer. I'm not I'm not saying I don't care about photography, mm-hmm. but I'm more like a admirer, mm-hmm. where you actually do stuff in photography and, mm-hmm. uh, and are a photographer. But also, you know, there is a reason why the six K for the red is twenty five K, just because mm-hmm. of the settings and what you can manipulate exactly. and do. Handling weather, yeah. um, the capability of being an ENG camera, you know, yeah. different different stuff like that. Yeah. But um, when we were, when I was in a couple of meetings, mm-hmm. uh, they were stressing like, one, you should be honored, and two, hey, if if you end up paying this X amount and we don't like it, mm-hmm. put it out on YouTube. Yeah. Yeah. Go to Amazon. Mm-hmm. Go to the Zone. There's so many different outlets. This is not like you pitch. At NBC, and they have this uh, Friends mm-hmm. format. Friends meaning that uh, that show with Jennifer. Ann- God, I'm really dating myself. Huh. Uh, you know, they, they don't have like a themic style. Mm-hmm. You can go to so many different outlets. Yeah. And you can pitch. And uh, the stand-up comic named Andrew Schultz, mm-hmm. he just started putting out his own stuff on YouTube. And yeah. he's a renowned like stand-up comedian now. You know, what's interesting, too, about these streaming services mm. is it is a content war. Everyone wants the the hottest content because that's what builds the platform. But the crazy part of it is the ones who are really winning are the ones who have. OK, so how can I explain it? If you are, for instance, let's look at the difference between YouTube and Netflix. OK, right. Netflix plays or pays hundreds of millions of dollars for their content. And that eats into their profit. That is their biggest expenditure. It's content, right? The genius of YouTube is they were like, they just created a platform where we all supply the content. So there's no content costs, yet they make all that money in ad revenue. So if you look at the profitability of YouTube versus Netflix, YouTube is insanely profitable because they don't have the content fees. They're not paying hundreds of millions of dollars to produce all this content. But Netflix, Amazon, you know, all the streaming services, they have content fees. So they're looking for more independent content producers, again, because the technology has come down in price. And they want to, if they can lower their content acquisition costs, then they could be more profitable. And it's interesting because with Netflix, they started with this model where it's like you pay for our content. Mm -hmm. So the people have accepted that. With YouTube, they try to go YouTube red. Yeah. And now it's not, no longer existing. Yeah. So with YouTube, and, and and it's really to the point of like finding your audience, mm-hmm. like with YouTube, it's like, I'll just post it and then we'll break you off. Though mm-hmm. it's not as much as compared to what Netflix will do. Yeah. But the frequency of you uploading in whatever fashion and style, whatever. it's there. Yeah. And dude, the, like, uh, have you ever heard of the shows Always Sunny in Philly? I've heard of it. Never okay. seen it. One mm-hmm. of my top four shows ever. Yeah. Okay. Because it's just really funny. Mm-hmm. My, my 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 number one is Curb Your Enthusiasm. Is Jason Bateman in that by any chance? In always the always sunny film. No, Jason Bateman is in um. God, what is the name of the show? 
Arrested Development. Okay, I was confused. Which is a great show. Okay. Actually, a lot of their flyers are colored the same, like yellow and black, mm-hmm. so I can see where you could confuse that yeah. too. Um, but the the one of the head producers was a starving actor. Mm-hmm. Could not land a gig for the life of him. So he bought video cameras with terrible audio and no mm-hmm. lighting. Mm-hmm. They submitted it to FX, and then they were given a budget for a pilot. That's crazy. Yeah. I'm talking a video camera on a, on a tape. Jeez. <laughs> They just got two cameras yeah. and just, you know, cut it, yeah. which is expensive for cutting back in the day. Yeah. They put together like eight episodes. It's And the cool thing about that, which is exciting for like both of us, at the end, at the end of the day, idea is still king. You know, they can help with execution. We'll give you bigger budget productions. But if you've got a a pretty creative idea, and again, in the age we live in, this digital age, that's the one thing that cannot be automated is creativity. You know what I mean? Right. So as long as you present a good idea, they'll throw money at it, you know? But that's amazing. That's a great story to hear. So there's uh, Always Sunny in Philly. There's uh, a show on Comedy Central called Broad City. Mm Mm-hmm. It's about these two girls who live in their mid-20s, live in Manhattan or New York. Mm-hmm. They just started filming and putting it out on YouTube, and then they got picked up finally by Comedy Central. Now, I'm That's shortening crazy. the ride and mm-hmm. the, the structure of pain yeah. that they've, they've gone through, but it's just putting shit out, dude. Isn't that how like, insecure um, you, that HBO show? Have you seen that? Isa Ray. Yeah, I think I think it's something similar. I, I mean, from what I heard, a lot. Yeah, it just created YouTube videos. They were like, "That's pretty cool." Here, here's a show. Danny McBride, uh, who had an HBO show about like a amateur baseball player who could never make it. Mm-hmm. He just filmed. He put out a movie called Foot Fist Way. It's about a white guy who lived mm-hmm. like in Tahunga and is a karate instructor, but a shitty karate instructor. <laughs> he put uh-huh. it out and became a cult classic. Boom. Damn, that's it was sick. his entrance. That's sick. Super sick. I mean, it's promising. The future, you know, for creators out there, there's there's opportunity. But but for people of our age group, though, mm-hmm. I I would I would still say there's opportunity. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, I, I'm starting to get annoyed with Gary Vaynerchuk mm-hmm. just because it's too much Vaynerchuk out there. Yeah, not because of him. Yeah. Um. Like, yeah, he's a definite encourager. If you're older, you should just put shit out now yeah, and do something. Because yeah. putting stuff out will lead you into doing other stuff or other people discovering you. Yeah, and you know, you never know. Like um, this other book I was reading, they said that one of the most egotistical things you can do is to think that you're alone in your life and your problems. Because there's like, I don't know, 8 billion people on the earth. I'm pretty sure someone else is in your similar shoes, you know? So there's always an opportunity to create um, interesting content. There's always people who will relate to your story because your story, to be honest, is not that unique. Other people have gone through it. Again, with 8 billion people walking the earth, probably someone else has gone through whatever you're going through, you know? So that's the importance of putting things out there is you'll find people who can relate to you. Like the worst thing... I've always heard is from stand-up comedians about like stealing each other's ideas. Mm-hmm. Yes, that exists, mm-hmm. but dude, you're not the OG of this shit. Yeah, uh, there's bad stealing, mm-hmm. but there's like concept derision. Mm-hmm. And concept-wise, if you're if you're a stand-up comedian now, 2019, mm-hmm. you gotta go. To, you gotta check everything all the way from the late 70s, yep, early exactly. 70s even. Yeah, so it's nothing new. 
And I mean, that's the thing. Everything is just a remix now. I mean, to come up with something truly original in this day and age, and especially again in the day, the day of the digital world we're in now, pretty tough, probably been done. So the only thing you can do is just put your spin on it. You know, it's okay to take inspiration. You don't want to straight out bite, but take inspiration from somewhere, flip it, give it your own spin and run with it. And pass credit. Yeah, exactly. Give credit. I think that's a big deal. Yeah, for sure. Is is giving credit to who you're inspired by. You can even overuse the word inspired. Yeah. But still at this point, it it's one of those like, um, just give props, dude. And yeah. people will eventually give you props too because you, you you just gave people props. You exactly. Know? In fact, there was a, a funny Twitter story that popped up in the photo community recently. Elon Musk, with his millions and billions of followers on Twitter, had reposted uh, a picture a photographer took of one of his launches, of one of his rocket ships or whatever. And he posted the picture and he didn't give the photographer any credit. And the photographer got wind of it and was like, hey, like, cool, you posted my picture. Like, you know, it would... Show me a little love. And he was like, fuck off. <laughs> it's like, why would wow. Yeah. And then, of course, once he did that, then the entire photographic community started attacking him. Like, like what, what's your problem, dude? Like, you wouldn't even have that content to post if it wasn't for his picture. All the dude was saying, he wasn't even asking for money. He was just like, yo, you've got all these millions of followers. Send a little of them my way in the form of just give me a little photo cred. And Elon Musk was like, fuck off. And the problem is Elon Musk yeah. is so powerful too. Yeah. That fuck off can resonate. Oh yeah. And he's both a- bad for the person that he should be giving credit yeah. to and both oh I'm learning that I can just jack shit. Yeah. Cuz there's so many dum-dums in this world now. Yeah. Yeah. But you that's know? like again, but give credit to people. That's it. It's okay. just good karma. Well, I want to be a, a dark dour Asian now. <laughs> and very uh, after all this positive talk that yeah. we've had, I want to give some negative talk. Let's do it. Okay, mm-hmm. Black Eyed Peas. Uh, let me set it up. Go for it. First two albums, I want to say, mm-hmm. you are hip hop. A mm-hmm. little bit more creative, more on the dance centric side. Mm-hmm. Fine. Mm-hmm. The moment you got that white girl. Mm-hmm. And you started putting out boom, boom, pow, and where's the love? Mm-hmm. You are whack. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. So I had a conversation with Rosalind, who used to date uh, Taboo. Mm-hmm. I ran into her at Barnes and Nobles, and this guy named Charlemagne the God mm-hmm. put out an, uh, an album, a book mm-hmm. on, you know, mental issues, mm-hmm. um, overthinking. Mm-hmm. So anyways, um, you know, she mentioned about the peas and putting stuff out and I had seen it. Even mm-hmm. like uh, E. Reese, who's on Beat Junkie Radio mm-hmm. with that bars and lyrics show. I forgot. Mm-hmm. And he said, you know, he even posted like, this is actually pretty dope. Mm-hmm. I'm going to skip through mm-hmm. the song. I'm not going to be on the mic. Mm-hmm. I want you to just listen. Okay. Do not just take my my emotion as data. Okay. Don't let it sway you. Okay. You give me your thoughts on the song. Okay. And there's two slices to the song too. Okay. Okay. Uh, in the meantime, while before I load, could you give your Instagram and website? Oh yeah. For those of you who want to follow me, see what I'm up to. Um, my website is nqspics.com, and you can find me on Instagram at nqsphotos. Um, sometimes I'm active, sometimes I'm not. 
right now I'm in my taking a break period, but usually when I do, it's uh, because I'm cooking up some new heat. So stay tuned for that. Great timing, Nate. Thank you. Mm-hmm. So here's the first half of the song. Okay. okay. Can you see the video? Yeah. Like Muhammad, niggas don't be knowing we be flying like I'm not a fan of this fucker right here. Mm-hmm. So it looks like they're like in Brooklyn or somewhere, yeah. some spot in New York. Yeah. Pretty typical mm-hmm. of the sound, right? Yeah. So far, so far, what are your thoughts? I like the beat. I'm not gonna lie, but I'm trying to. Their lyrics are still on some poppy stuff, but that's their formula. So it just the positive people you know and again what is the name of the track constant constant okay um constantly whack (laughs) (laughs) is that slick rick they're getting fucking notoriety and stamps of approval through yeah other folks Uh uh-huh You gotta admit having Slick Rick on mm-hmm. kind of gives them like credibility oh, of again, course. right? Yeah. So it's about to change okay. after this okay. verse. Um, I feel like it's a connection of both wanting to be dope in an era that has passed you because mm-hmm. of their delivery. Mm. Who do you think this would appeal to? What is it you think they're going to get? Our age group? Yeah. Let's see. But the thing is, uh-huh. the rabid mm-hmm. hip-hop hits mm-hmm. and we like, dude, what are you doing? Yeah. Why don't you sing with Justin Timberlake? Yeah. So this is a really good transition. If it was just an instrumental mm-hmm. with like some scratch, you know, hooks, yeah. I'm cool with it. Or it doesn't even have to be scratch. Mm-hmm. Been hanging around the beat junkies way too much, <laughs> dude. Mm-hmm. See, dude, I love this shit, dude. That was crazy. That was a crazy mix-up. Mm-hmm. And then they're doing this new thing, which I posted on Beat Junkie Radio. Mm-hmm. Where a lot of ha- a lot of rappers are rapping on top of dope house house beats like this. Mm, crazy. Yeah, I don't I don't know that they'll get a younger audience with it. I don't think this is their sound. But for our generation, I think they will appeal to again the mature b boy. Um, I'll give I'll give them this. A little late, but at least they're trying to return to their roots, and I think they know they strayed, you know. And strayed is a yeah, easy yeah. light word. Oh yeah, that's for a sure. diet ketogenic word on what they did, dude. Yeah, and it would have been nice if Kim was singing here. And look, and look, yeah. they got a black chick. Yeah, yeah. Where's Fergie? Yeah, good point. Oh, with an afro in New York. Yeah. That's a pretty uh, big statement. So is Fergie not in the group no more? 
I don't know. That's maybe that they're was, so hip hop. Yeah. They wanted to go back to black. Yeah. I mean, that's that's an interesting turn right there. But again, I know you said you don't want to sway me. I will say the one thing I do appreciate, at least it's like feel good music. In fact, it's just got that, you know, the and I'm talking more about the music. Again, they're not the best lyricists. They just kind of they play secondary to the music. They're so work more, for, they're urban work for hire pop artists. Yeah. That's, that's a good way to describe it. Mm-hmm. Okay, so this is my take. Mm-hmm. Love the instrumental. Mm-hmm. It's fire. Hey, yeah. Um Love the visual. Mm-hmm. You know, they really uh, took it back to old school stuff. Yeah. Okay, I get that. Mm-hmm. Um, endorsement mm-hmm. by Slick Rick. Mm-hmm. Finally used the black girl. Yeah. Again, mm-hmm. for vocals. Yeah. Great. Mm-hmm. It just feels like perpetrating into something that you should have been. Yeah. Again, it would be interesting. The person that would be the most interesting to get the opinion on is Kim Hill. That would be fascinating to hear what she thinks about. You know what's ironic about this whole thing? Huh. Kim Hill's been living in New York like the fast past five years. Really? Is she still doing music? No, yeah. she's moved on. Okay. Which we'll talk about later in okay. life too. Yeah. But she's moved on. I mean, it's, it's just like, I don't want to go into a diatribe for Kim, mm-hmm. but it's just like, you know, she put her heart and soul. Yeah. Into it, and uh, she needed to move out of L.A. because it was such a reminder of what she was doing. Mm-hmm. You know, it took forever for a lot of her albums to be put out. Yeah. And I'm totally going to defend her because sometimes when you're finding yourself, mm-hmm. it takes a while to do something. Yeah. You know? But uh, back to this, mm-hmm. back to this, I just didn't like the movement of it. Okay. Gotcha. I Wait, you know what? I do have an interesting question for you. Okay. Since, okay. Okay. What do you think... Would have happened to the Black Eyed Peas if they grew up, or if they were coming up now. Like you know, we talked about coming up now. Like okay. would their sound? Because you know, when they started off, they were dope. I mean, that's they, undeniable. Undeniable. They were freaking fire. Obviously, they partnered with a label. The label changed their sound. They went more pop. Boom, boom, boom. Do you think if the Black Eyed Peas came up now? They would have stayed more true to those original roots and never swayed pop? Or do you think they still would have went that route? I don't think you could fight someone's nature. Thank you, motorcycle. (laughs) Hopefully they don't bleed into fucking (laughs) recording. Um, I think you can't fight nature. Okay. Which the nature is, I'm going to get this money. And you think that was their motivation? Or... Oh man, the struggle. I mean, in general, you can't knock them. This struggle mm-hmm. is so much. Mm-hmm. This struggle is so much. I have to, I have to go bullshit poppy. Mm-hmm. I think the, that's their nature. Okay. Because when Nelly Furtado, mm-hmm. God, I'm really dating. You know, she started singing "Ah, the and then she had break dancers in it. Mm-hmm. I thought that was already like, oh my God, this is the McDonaldism mm-hmm. of hip hop. Yeah. When Dwelle. Which I can't knock. Yeah. But you're doing something for McDonald's. Yeah. Where's the soul, brother? Even Jill Scott, same thing. When she came up, she was, it's like fire. Everyone was like, Jill Scott. And then when she got signed, it was like, oh, like what happened? (laughs) Right. You know, so. And and I think because I honestly feel they could have gone even a little bit more R&B because this is like the new R&B generation. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I'm going to give... 
also a reaction mm-hmm. uh, to if they were putting this stuff out, if they stayed. Peas. OGPs. First, first two, like Macy Gray, mm-hmm. uh, you know, when they were wor- they were working with Estero, mm-hmm. fine. Mm-hmm. Second album, still great. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think the black, thank you for checking. Yeah, I was like. Yeah. It's the recording. Yeah, we, we okay. gotta, yeah, we got to get into that habit of yeah. recording. Uh, we're also going to be putting this out on video on Nathan's YouTube channel and my channel. Mm-hmm. So uh, just so you know, uh, we'll announce that later towards the end. Um I think they would have been De La Soul with Tommy Boy if they would have stayed the same route. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good... It's, yeah, Ty all tied it all back. Yeah, yeah. Shit. I see what you did Some there. Some radio shit. <laughs> Motherfucking bullshit yeah, up yeah. in yeah. there. I see what you did there. See right? that? Yeah, yeah. You see that? I was pretty slick. Yeah. But it all full circle. Hell yeah, uh-huh. man. Yeah. I, I think they would have gone through something similar. Yeah, yeah. Because, granted, having a female that sings is always far more palatable mm-hmm. to wider audience. But if they would have stayed the same... Maybe one of them would have been fucking a bartender for a long time. Yeah. You know, maybe one of them. The smartest one is Will I Am mm-hmm. because I feel like he has the best excuse. Mm-hmm. He put out an album or two on the BBE label. Mm-hmm. Still worked with like Cats Like Planet Asia. Mm-hmm. He was like revered and he was putting stuff out right after the Pete Strumentals albums were being put out. Yeah. So he has that, that creative cred okay. still. But the overwhelming amount, mm-hmm. sorry, the overwhelming amount of commercial shit and not good commercial shit, mm-hmm. bad commercial shit, mm-hmm. it just destroyed him. I'd love yeah. to interview him and pick his brain because you know what? It must be so interesting when you look at yourself in the mirror and you go, oh, am I selling out but at least I got this check or do you just lie to yourself? You know, I, you what know I mean? if I went his route, if I was a peas, right? I would think at this point they've made a bucket load of money. You mean right? peas now? Peas now. Okay. This is, I guess I'm speaking of if I took the route where I just wanted to get paid first um, and, and compromise my creativity, I'll be honest, I would do it if I knew at the end of the day, once I got that money, I could do whatever I want. But. Would it be too late? That's a bigger question. Would you have pissed off so many people who were like, "Dude, you 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 chase the check?" But there have been successful people do it. Like I don't I don't know if we had this conversation before, but um, the Neptunes, Pharrell, he even when they came up, I mean, he's doing New Jack Swing. You know, they were just kind of producing what would make money. But once everyone was comfortable and on board with their sound, then they started to morph and be like, "Okay, you guys trust us now." Let's go this direction. And I think maybe that's the difference with the peas. They gave they gained our trust, but then they just went pop instead of gaining our trust and then getting I don't know, like sicker, doper, like you know what I mean? Okay, I'll hammer it down a little bit more to compliment okay. your point. When you work with Teddy Riley and Rump Shaker, mm-hmm. I don't know if this was intentional, mm-hmm. but they, they were kind of like scarce about promoting themselves. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So they're like, okay, I'm going to work with Teddy Riley. New Jack Swing has its audience. Mm-hmm. It's not, it's teetering on urban pop, mm-hmm. but it still felt credible, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know. And they weren't really like, yo, I'm the Neptunes. I'm the Neptunes. I'm the Neptunes. I'm the producer. I'm the Teddy Riley. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that's because it's pre-internet, yeah, pre Instagram, all that, whatever, right? Mm-hmm. But I felt like they were only. 
poppy in the entrance of their career. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The moment they said, this is us, mm-hmm. dude, I don't care if you're Noriega or Jay-Z or mm-hmm. whoever. You're going to get people, us. You're, you're going you're gonna to fucking pick us up. Yeah. Yeah. And like, honestly, Jay-Z would not be Jay-Z mm-hmm. without his popular sound with the Neptunes. Mm-hmm. Excuse me, miss. Yeah. Uh-huh. I think is a dope track. Mm-hmm. Change clothes. Mm-hmm. Even Maya and Beanie Man put together that If I Could Be Your Girl. Mm-hmm. Oh, like that. Yeah. So it's all good. Mm-hmm. So for me, I need to charge that battery longer. Mm-hmm. Anyways, uh, for me, that's what was integral to them. Yeah. And they didn't budge. Yeah. That's hard to do, by the way. They didn't budge. That's very tough to do. So props to them for that. They were like, we're not compromising. We ain't budging. So do you feel the same way if if the Black Eyed Peas... So let me throw the question back to you. Okay. What would the Black Eyed Peas be now? This is, again... If they were young now. Do, you, do I think they would have gone the poppy route? I don't know. I don't know. Because, you know, they wouldn't have need to partner with the label. I'm assuming it was the label that watered down the sound. Um, so there would be like the selection I alpha think, pop? I think they, I think obviously they, you, when you partner with a label, you give up some creative control. You're not getting the pure artist. You're told what to put out. You're told what to put out. Or they'll just water down your sound. So if they came out now, I don't think they would have compromised. I think Kim Hill would have still been with them. They never would have picked up a Fergie, you know? But that was all like the label manipulating things and, you know, watering them down to make them more commercial. But I guess we live in an age where there's no need to do that anymore. And maybe that's the other cool thing about what you could say about the artist coming out now. It may not be as good as when we were coming up. And that sounds like a generalization. And I sound like, I don't know if that sounds bad, but... Even more so that you have so much more freedom now, the new artists coming up, you should truly put out a pure product, one that is uncompromised, you know, because you have you don't need the middleman anymore. Just go straight to your people and talk to them in your authentic voice and your unique way. I, I also just because I'm half Chinese, mm-hmm. so I'm, so I'm going to go business mm-hmm. work with other genres. Oh, for sure. Yeah. You know, like uh, Katy Perry. She was like this Christian singer. Mm-hmm. I didn't even know that. That's yeah, crazy. she was like this Christian hardcore. And then they said like, no, man, you, you got to go pop. Mm-hmm. Even Rihanna, like her first couple of songs, I can't even think. And I'm so exhausted of going back that way mm-hmm. <laughs> to the side of this, the studio mm-hmm. to even search for it. Mm-hmm. But she had like this like Afro-Caribbean sound. Mm-hmm. When she was first coming up. Yeah, dude. That's dope. Let me go look for it. Mm-hmm. Um, but before I go look for it, wait. And so the sure. question for you is: Let me so let me go. Let's go back to the peas again. Mm-hmm. With them putting out music, th- this is again. I'm just assuming here. I would think they've made enough money where they're they're content. Like we're good for the rest of our life. Sure. Right. So at this point, couldn't they truly put out? passion products, uh, passion which, projects, which I think what which, this was, which I think that is, if that's the case, 
I'm open to hear it. You know what I mean? Because then I know, okay, now you're returning to your uncompromised sound. You actually just want to put out what's dope. You don't need any more money. You don't need the labels. You know what I mean? So it would be interesting to see if they go back to their roots. That's only one song. I don't know if they have a whole album out. I don't know. If I, you know. I, I don't even recall. Yeah. So it would be interesting to see what happens going forward. And again, if me as an artist, any artist, any discipline, if you had made a bunch of money, why would you need to compromise anymore? What's the difference between 50 million versus 100 million? There is none. Right? There is you know? none. Yeah. Um, well, maybe also, this is really tough on my end, and I understand I'm being a little rough here, mm-hmm. but I like them to go, you know what? We sold out. Mm-hmm. This is now a passion project. Yeah. Just say it. Yeah. Don't just put it out in the ether and then, like, look, we're the black eye police. Yeah. Yeah. Or support, uh, like you said, even with the Slick Rick cameo. Maybe the way you can earn back some credibility is now direct some of that those that attention back to the culture that raised you. Great. You know what I mean? That would be then they would get everyone's love and respect back. Great. You know what I mean? So hopefully we'll see what happens, I guess. You know, if they go that route, you know, that would I, be awesome. I was scared they were gonna have Slick Rick do a verse. Yeah. Yeah. Because if you think the peas are disconnected, my God. Yeah. I mean, some people should just bow out gracefully. You which know which I mean? he has. Yeah. He has. But I'm yeah. just saying, like, if the peas went all like, yeah, you should do it first, mm-hmm. Rick. Mm-hmm. And talk about gold chains. Yeah. And what's Dougie been up to? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, that would have been a little bit whack. Mm-hmm. Um, as I look for the video, mm-hmm. uh, could you tell the audiences to, because I want to promote what you do, everything from videography, uh, photography, the, 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 the street scene stuff, mm-hmm. uh, portrait. If, if you could explain that to the audience why I go ahead and dig for this video. Go for it. Well, the first thing I'd want to say is before I put myself on blast, um, I want to get people excited about some future projects me and you are going to start doing again um, in the form of just so you guys know um, Charles is an amazing videographer and editor and we would collaborate with model agencies and produce these kind of like really hip model videos that I would do the photography for Charles would do the videography for and even the music selection so it was this kind of like um, collaborative collaborative amalgamation of everything we're talking about from music to photo to video and we would go under the moniker the cult king so we're about to get that started up again so be on the lookout for that um but in the meantime again individually um catch what i'm doing on instagram at nqs photos or just visit my website which is the, the kind of hub for everything um youtube channels pinterest twitter linkedin all that stuff and my website is www.nqspix.com. So, uh, can you spell plug one two for them? Yeah, and plug one two, you can catch us on, or catch uh, plug one two on Instagram at P L U G O N E T W O. Plug one two. Great job on the spot, filling in time while I dig. Boom. So, this is the OG Rihanna. What I think about you. If it's that you want, you should make me a girl. All right. She was fine then, dude. Yeah. It's got that island vibe for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
see it's not my money. Yeah. It's not my career. Mm-hmm. I would love to hear more of this shit. Yeah. Yeah. It does sound a little dated too, though. Huh? Yeah, but I can see. But kits. probably when it came out, like it was relevant. Yeah. yeah. See, there's a lot of Aaliyah rock the boat. Yeah. Isms. Yep. Yeah, it's cool because what her twist on it was she definitely took cues from hip hop and R&B, but gave it the the island vibe. Right. You know. But I don't know if she would have been as successful as she is if she stuck to this. Yeah. She would have been like, what, maybe the finer Patra? Yeah. And now she's, what, collaborating with groups like Tame Impala? You know what I mean? That's she's, a- the, she's richer uh-huh. money-wise and uh-huh. wealth-wise than Beyonce. She passed up Beyonce. Jeez. <laughs> this is a recent article on... Wow. This is a recent article on Forbes. That's insane, dude. The richest female artist ever. Jeez. <laughs> dude, you passed up Hove's wife. Damn. That's that's an accomplishment, dude. That's an accomplishment. So, but yeah, would, would she have got to that point had she not partnered up? You're right. Probably not. That's insane, dude. Yeah, dude. So, but, but that's... It, that's almost like the fight. Like even even with like our careers, mm-hmm. it's almost like, well, do you want to stay corporate? Mm-hmm. You and I, you and I can't. Mm-hmm. We've done it. Yeah. It, it, the ironic thing is, for you listening, I didn't even know this. Nathan worked for um, an IT company called Telcheck. Mm-hmm. And you walked out of it. Fuck it. I did the same thing. That's crazy. <laughs> I lasted five days. Yeah. Started on a Monday, Friday. I didn't even call them till like the following Wednesday. And said I'm not coming in. Yeah. It's just like this is not me. I can't do it. You know. It was a large, high ceilinged, like almost like carpeted warehouse mm-hmm. with tons of computers, mm-hmm. which I think I experienced it a year after you did. Yeah. Just you have like this headphone, this Bobby Brown fucking my prerogative headphone, mm-hmm. and all you're doing is answering to complaints. Yeah, I must have been what you must have been like twenty three. I was twenty one. Mm-hmm. You're a year older than me, right? You're seventy four. Yeah, I'm seventy five or so. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, and and I think even both of us, right? If we look back on our lives, we've done some really <laughs> no, no, we've done some no, seriously, you know. We've done some really cool stuff, okay. but we've also struggled like motherfuckers. You know what I mean? But I would much rather go that route than get comfortable at Telecheck. You know what I mean? Like, if you stay there, there there's a chance there was people making money there, you know? Yeah, but they could hire you to become, oh, you lasted a year? Yeah, you're a manager. Exactly. But that's like, at the same time, you your, your money grows, but your soul dies. And it's just like, I'd rather continue to you know what i mean like i'd rather stay in the struggle and keep evolving and let my soul grow than go there and just basically die you know what i mean and, and that's why like people like anthony bourdain mm-hmm. it, it's like how they make it and you go like this guy did not sell out and he didn't make it to like almost like his mid-40s yeah yeah it take or even you used to talk about entourage all the time some of the cast members like Dude, little shitty products here and there, but then they finally landed that one show that was like, boom, 
it all popped off, you know? And it's hard not to give up, you know what I mean? Like, because there's times when you're just like, what the fuck am I doing, you know? Right. But and eventually, if you just stay the course, you keep getting good at what you're doing, it's only a matter of time. You just don't know when that time will be, you know? But you got to just stay the course as hard as it can get, you know? But the one thing I have to say is the hardest thing about staying the course Mm -hmm. is social media. Because for me, watching people succeed Mm -hmm. while I'm taking care of my dad, Mm -hmm. he passes away. I take care of all the post-funerary bills, expenses. I'm supposed to move my mom here. She breaks her femur. Mm -hmm. So I'm in the Philippines again for another nine months, which ended up being four years of my life. It was tough. Okay. It was so fucking tough, dude. Yeah. I mean, I'm still doing it, obviously. Yeah. yeah. But I haven't even started interviewing people, but I'd love for us to start interviewing people. Mm-hmm. But it, it it's tough. Like, it's easier to keep going, I feel like, back in the day mm-hmm. because there's no, from my experience as of now, mm-hmm. because I wasn't jealous or envious. Mm-hmm. I'm like, that motherfucker has a, no talent, but he's fucking. At a station now, mm-hmm. fuck off. Mm-hmm. I think though those struggles are what makes you. Uh, okay, so there was a car parked outside my house the other day. One of uh, a friend of mine, you've met him before, old school. His mom had just passed away, and he was going through hell. Like he's just like, and she died sort of like unexpectedly. You yeah. Know? So he was at my house and, you know, I'm just consoling him. And we walked out because we're going to go get drinks. And the first thing we see when we walk out my house is this old school car that's like, it's really beat up, to be honest with you. But it looked super dope. And when we walked outside, I knew what his answer was going to be. I was like, hey, what do you think about that car right there? And he goes, that's fire. And I go, but it's a, it's fucking beat up to shit. It's like all semi-primered and blah, blah, blah. And he goes, no, but it's got that like antique patina. And I go, exactly. I go, that's how you look at your life. It's all the imperfection that gives you your flavor, you know? So on that note, with everything you went through, you still didn't give up. You were like, okay, now I got to find a way to keep the show going from overseas. And I'm going to have to figure out like you were hooking up things where you could do like calls and like i don't know you all that stuff you know you didn't give up you know what i mean and that's the important thing a lot of people would just give up and i think the people who do make it are the ones who despite overwhelming obstacles keep going you know what i mean yeah and i I got on a bigger brand would be junkie radio even though i was doing it once a month at that time yeah but that's all i could do and if you could pull that off while going through all the shit you were going through imagine when that shit is off your shoulders this should be a cakewalk. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, no shit. Seriously, that's how you look at it. So props that you didn't give up, but that's what it takes, you know, because a- anybody else would have just folded. Like, there's no way I can keep going. Like, I'm in another country. My family's going through a lot of turmoil. Like, I can't. But you were like, no, I will. That's Fuck why I'm, I want to marry an old rich bitch. <laughs> just so smooth it all over. You know what I mean? Yeah. No, but, I mean, I mean... Uh, what what has changed about my per- persona mm-hmm. is I used to want to date like a hot girl, mm-hmm. and I'll just make all the money and mm-hmm. just raise the kids. That's changed because, dude, you gotta be two independent fucking people. Yeah. Where if one's down, you the other one picks. Oh yeah, picks, picks up, up the, the pieces right away. Yep, like toe the line now. Yeah, where before I just wanted like a show pony. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I was cool with that because, like, oh, guys, look at the pretty girl that I'm dating. Yeah, look how pretty she is. 
And even, you know how you brought up Gary V earlier, for instance, because you brought up social media too, is like, it gets a little hard, right? Sure. Uh, I was reading this other book that talked about, um, well, first of all, Gary V, he's doing a good thing. He's just trying to get people on board. Like, just put your stuff out there. Like, that's his message. Put your stuff out there. I did it. It worked out. It'll work for you, right? But at the same time, there is there has to be a balance with social media. And to be honest, if you really look into it, like me, I'm a perfect example. I haven't posted anything in two months. And it's not that I'm not creating shit. I'm creating shit every single day. But I found that some of the coolest people um, or some of the coolest ideas don't necessarily exist online. You know, like another example, there's some of the biggest CEOs of some of the um, biggest companies in the world. They've adopted dumb phones. Phones, literally flip phones that don't text, that have no apps on. They're just literally a phone. And if you want to have a conversation with them, you have to physically call them. And there's hours that you could reach in between. But the idea of dumbing down technology, I think there's an overemphasis on social media and digital platforms. It is one way to come up but it's still not the only way. There's mm-hmm. still even the traditional analog way still work. Picking up a phone and calling someone still works. Networking at a bar with other industry peeps, that still works. It's not just about social media anymore. And I think there's a little too much emphasis on it right now, you know? So, you know, don't don't pay too much attention to it is what I'm trying to say. Like you might see someone else who's got like 100,000 followers and they're whack. Cool, good for them. You know, well, I changed um, that. Yeah, and some of the the dopest photographers I have seen, um, and this is this was um, big for me. You can't equate a following with talent because some of the dopest guys that I follow have less than three thousand followers, and they're fucking amazing photographers. And then I see these mediocre guys who've got. 235,000 followers. So I don't equate, you know, likes and comments and followers with talent because I've seen it firsthand, you know? So don't pay attention to it. D-Dog's getting to a point where, okay, I have, I own about five cameras. Mm-hmm. I'm just going to start like a porn production company. Yeah. <laughs> I got dope audio, a yeah. fucking floor, floor capture, mm-hmm. steps, fucking have a boom, mm-hmm. put like tape on a pillow. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. I was already like, and maybe I get to bone some of these girls. Dude. That's how far fetched. Yeah, like my mind was going. Yeah, yeah. But it's. I it, wasn't seriously going to act on it. But yeah. the fact that you're thinking of how would you set up beautiful audio? Yeah. To capture like the essence of the room. Yeah. You know what I mean? I was yeah. like, but no, I wasn't going to do it. Yeah, yeah. You know what's funny? That was one of the jobs I was offered recently, and I didn't even know it. And it was kind of weird. Like basically a photography or videography. Uh, both. Content okay. creation for basically like a porn company. Mm-hmm. And and dude, they were offering some pretty sick money. And I even had to talk to my girl about it. I'm like, mm, you know, like, dude, the money, you know, and she's just like, I get it. But do you really want to do that? And I'm like, you know, I don't. I, I just don't, you know. So uh, but the, the gist of it was. It's kind of funny how things work. There were certain uh, porn stars who had big followings. And just like everybody else, they need content. They need a constant stream of content. So my job would literally be showing up at these girls' houses, helping them create content for their social channels, and getting paid by a parent company to do it. And I was like, and it was, again, good money. And even 
when I was getting the call about the interview, they were really like hesitant to tell me the nature of the business. Sure. And it wasn't until I got deeper into like a phone interview process and started doing online research that I realized what was going on. But just like you said, the money was there, the, the offer was there. And I was even like, no. You're like, but you can get really tempted. You're like, I got the gear, I got the talent. I could put my spin on this industry, but you know, it's it's a Pandora's box you don't necessarily want to open. Right, know? because when when you're okay, in the twenty twenties perspective, mm-hmm. you can go, I'm just gonna do this for a short time. Yeah, yeah. It's like waitering, mm-hmm. bartending. Yeah. And then you're a lifelong bartender. Exactly. It's like once you go, nothing there, wrong. Yeah. But if you desire to do something else and you're just doing bartending, if you just wanted to do bartending, and I know people that have raised families mm-hmm. in Vegas, yeah, they're fucking poker slangers. Yeah, you know they've raised families and they're very happy. Yeah. Fine. Yeah. But if there's something out there in the ether that you know definitely you want to do, mm-hmm. it's like a mind fuck and a minefield. It's no different than an artist being pulled by a creative by a record label to do something sure. other than themselves. So honestly, I mean, I mean, are we really trying to like create porn? <laughs> we're not. You know what I mean? It's just mm. not us. And if we did it, it would just be for the money. But we're not willing to sell out like that. You know? So mm. we're like, no. Nah, I'll just. I, I agree with you. Yeah. It's just tougher when you're single. Yeah, it is. I agree. Yeah. Because when you're single, you go. I could do this. Yeah. There's no, there's no barricade. Yeah. And I'm not going to say my family did. I mean, I have a daughter. You know what I mean? Like, I have a wife, basically. So, of course, that influenced my decision. But to be honest, I was given the green light. But she knew me well enough to be like, even without me, would you really want to do that? And just like you said, you can get trapped in that world and there's no getting and out. that's it. That's it. You're that's done. That's it. You can't move on to anything else. That's on your resume. You shot porn for 10 years. People are going to be always judge you. I mean, that's just the reality of it. So I was like, like short term, of course, there'd be a payoff. Long term, there would be consequence. Okay. Uh, so for this portion of the show is a mix. Uh, I found this other Bilef. No, it's not a Bilef Funk mix. It's a uh, what the Thunderstone Labs are calling like this uh, all around the world curated mix. It's pretty dope. It's really just more like hip hop rooted and soul, cool. but they do toss in like some up tempo stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can find all our projects on plug12.com, P L U G O N E T W O. That's on Instagram, SoundCloud, the website. It leads everything to everything. And while I transition, Nate, let's promote your website. Tell them what they find there and also your Instagram site again, once again. So basically, again, uh, I would appreciate if you guys follow me, check me out. Um, I do some okay stuff. You might want to, you know, check out. Uh, but nqspics.com is the website. And you can find me on Instagram at nqsphotos. Um, reach out. Say what's up. I'd love to, like, connect with you and, and uh, just hear, you know, everyone's story. Because everyone has one. And that's all we do is we share. The Post Analog Podcast for Generation X. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.